Hey all you cool cats and kittens, I'm your host, Morgan Maroney, and today we're going to be talking about the Moonlight Murders of Texarkana. The first attack. It all started back on February 22nd, 1946, when Jimmy Hollis, who was 24, and Mary Jean Leary, who was 19, went to a movie. But on their way home, the couple decided to make a pit stop on Richmond Road, commonly known as one of the lovers' lanes. Just minutes after they had parked, a man with a white mask on walked over to their car and he told Jimmy that he did not want to kill him, and Jimmy was to do what the man said. Jimmy and Mary both exited the vehicle. The masked man demanded that Jimmy take off his pants and then hit him over the head two times with his gun, cracking Jimmy's skull in two places. The man had told Mary to run and then caught up with her and knocked her down. Mary had stated that she was not raped but had been abused. Mary was able to heal pretty quickly, but Jimmy was hospitalized for several months, and the police just thought of it as an attempted robbery or rape, and they didn't really realize that they were dealing with a serial killer until later on. Jimmy and Mary were the only victims who were able to describe their attacker, and according to the documentary, Murder in the Moonlight, Hollis had not seen the man's mask. second attack. One month later, on March 22nd, Richard Griffin, who was 29, and Polly Ann Moore, who was 17, had gone out for dinner that night, but did not return. The following day, a man driving had seen a car parked on Rich Road, which is now known as South Robinson Road. Rich Road was another lover's lane. Richard was found kneeling between the car's front seats, and Polly was found face down in the back seat. Although she was abused and killed outside of the vehicle. Police had found a 32 caliber cartridge shell. Both of these victims were fully clothed, but they never determined if Polly had been sexually assaulted. They thought that robbery was the motive because the couple had no money with them. A few days after, the police went to the local newspaper and had asked the public if anyone had known anything about the murders. third attack. Fast forward to April 13th, 15-year-old Betty Jo Booker had been playing a gig with her band. She usually would get a ride home with the band leader, but this time she had ridden home with her friend Paul Martin, who was 16 at the time. Paul and Betty had been friends since they were younger, and they hadn't seen each other for a while, so they decided to hang out. Betty Jo was supposed to have a sleepover with a group of her friends, but she never showed up. The two teenagers were found dead around Spring Lake Park. Paul's body was half a mile away from his car, and Betty Jo was found one and a half miles away. They had found out that Betty had been raped, and both victims were shot with a 32 Colt automatic pistol. The fourth attack, May 3rd, 1946. The mass killer struck again. But this time, he did not go after a young couple in a car. Virgil Starks was 37, and Katie, his wife, was 36. The couple had been in their home by sunset and had been getting ready for bed when Virgil was shot twice in the back of his head. Katie had thought he had dropped something and immediately noticed that something wasn't right. The man had shot her twice in her lower jaw. She had fell to the floor so the man could not see her. The man had tried to break into her house, but she ran to the neighbors to get help. 
but no one was there, so Katie had to go to a different place, and the people had taken Katie to the hospital. The suspect had not taken anything out of their home and had shot both of them with a 22 long rifle, which made law enforcement think that the Starks were being targeted. There had been rumors of Virgil having an affair with a service member and that he was a rounder who was suspected to be an offense. So my question is, is the Starks' murder even related? Honestly, I can see it going either way. The Killer's Profile According to the 13 o'clock podcast, the killer had killed in a three-week interval which circles back to the moon phases, and the moon phases and the fact that he only hunted at night was how the Phantom earned his nickname. Suspects Earl McSpadden's body had been found about 16 miles outside of Texarkana, lying on the train tracks. His arm and leg had both been cut off, but the police had thought that he had been killed before the train had run its course. There are conspiracies that he committed suicide and was the phantom, or was even the sixth victim. And on May 7th, Herbert Thomas had reported a guy who had been hitchhiking and had a weapon and held him at gunpoint and told him to keep driving or I'll kill you just like I killed those people in Texarkana. The man had then robbed Herbert and took off. And later that night, Herbert noticed a guy who had a similar profile stalking him around his house. It is also possible that the guy was a drifter and was in town for a few months. But personally, I think the killer was a guy who had lost love and was out for revenge, or was even a jealous guy who wanted to feel love. The main suspect was a man named Yule Swinney. Yule was a known criminal due to his past with auto theft and counterfeit. His wife Peggy even gave a statement claiming that she had watched him commit two of the murders, but it was against the law for her to testify against her husband. Yule was never charged with the murders, but he did get sentenced to life for auto theft. There is even a whole website dedicated to Swinney's story. And to this day, the killer's identity remains unknown. That's all I have for you today. Stay scared of the dark, my lovelies.